Warning. Explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Scott David Chase. This is My Truth. Tell me yours. Um, on this episode, I spoke to Rachel Jones. Uh, this is a kind of a, well, I don't want to call it a special episode. It's a very truncated episode. This one, there was technical difficulties about three minutes in to the conversation. The recorder died. I, it's funny because the last two episodes I had recorded, I used two recorders just to make sure I didn't lose any. It had been a while since I had lost audio from it, but uh, I didn't, didn't <coughs> use two on this one, and uh, uh, it died because the battery had died on it, and I had just replaced them, but apparently the batteries I used were terrible. So, anyways, uh, you know, huge apologies to Rachel uh, for that. There's only... Uh, when we realized it, uh, I, ha- I used my backup recorder, uh, and we got about probably about 15 more minutes. So this is going to be a little, like, about 20 minutes of a conversation that spanned over an hour. So, you know, unfortunately for all of you, you're not going to be able to hear most of that conversation. I was grateful enough to spend, you know, a couple hours with Rachel talking, uh, funny enough, Rachel was the very first Canadian I had had on uh, a podcast. So we talked about that. We talked about our mutual love of music. This was one of those cool episodes where uh, Rachel and I knew each other through social media but had never met in person, and this was the first time that we had met face-to-face. So we kind of hung out for about an hour before we started recording, which was which was great, but... Uh, yeah, I did want to put this out just so there was a little document of, you know, it's sort of like a little thumbnail, like a teaser trailer to a a movie that is now lost in the ethers somewhere. But, uh, you know, out of um, respect and, and uh, admiration for Rachel, I did want to put out what was available. So this is a very brief glimpse into the conversation I had with Rachel Jones. Take a listen. It's funny. Well, when it's and that wasn't on purpose. That wasn't like a sneak attack. I just I when I first started doing it, I didn't tell people like we'd just be like talking and then be like, so when you want to start recording, I'm like, oh, I started recording like 15 minutes ago, and then but I was like, ah, oh, that's kind of it. Like, and it wasn't like to get any sort of like gotcha thing, but it was just more like like I was saying when when I just recorded the thing for you. As soon as you're aware that it's on, like it kind of like tenses up, but. And then I was like, uh, I don't want anyone to ever say something that they don't necessarily want. You know, it's fine in a in a conversation between two people, but for the whole world to hear, maybe you know, yeah. So, so anybody that's listening right now has no idea what they just missed out on. It was pretty pretty, pretty salacious. Yeah, salacious. <laughs> but um, yeah, we're in uh, we're in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, but you are from. Hamilton, Ontario, yeah. Canada. Yeah. Yes. And it's Canada Day today. Happy, so. happy Canada Day to Thank you. Thank you. You know, I, I care so much that I am here <laughs> in New Hampshire. In another country. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen a lot of uh, Trumper stickers, as I call them. Yeah. And it's uh, made me keep my eyes on the road extra tight. <laughs> sure. Well, the, for me, being, being a liberal person myself, 
the only like like the, the kind of and it's been tough to find a silver lining right but I mean the two things are people who are like minded with me have really gotten out and kind of worked in their communities that much mm-hmm. harder in the last you know few years but also it really has kind of made people be very honest about their true feelings about certain things. It's kind of, it's helped me weed out some people in my life that, uh, because it it sucks because it's the first time in my lifetime where the president's actions have made it, it made it, made shitheads feel like they can now Mm -hmm. voice their horrible thoughts. Like all the bullies in school that kind of Right. Fell off for a little while because they had nobody to pick on, and all, all of a sudden right. back in the limelight. And yeah, it's what do you do at that point? You know, yeah. how I, I can imagine feeling uncomfortable, but does it make you feel? I feel like it could go different ways for you. Like, would you be more embarrassed and retreat and and not want to speak up or voice your opinion for fear of? people that have uh, the power in the wrong hands maybe or what they could do sure. or say or does it make you feel like you need to do more and actually stand up and make sure that this doesn't happen again because you have an election right this year or next, this uh, year? It's next year next year yeah next we have year. one this year yeah for me um because you know and we had talked about this before we ate um you know being a white middle-class male in America, I'm certainly very privileged. And I was like, I've basically been able to do whatever I like my entire life. And for me, my own personal conviction is, all right, I need to start speaking up for people who maybe don't have that privilege. Right. And, but also not only speaking up, but also taking the time to listen to other people and saying, Hey, this is where I'm at. I want to be an ally, but I think the most important thing about being an ally is asking what you can do to help. So many people... A lot of time in Toronto, so yeah. those three cities kind of had the most um, action as far as like a local music scene that and success uh, beyond. So with St. Catharines, we had, like I said earlier, you know, Dine Alone Records was born from St. Catharines. Mm-hmm. My neighbor, Joel, and we had Alexis on Fire and City in Color and all those guys. Um... And then Hamilton, where I live currently, we have a band that's doing great things called The Dirty Nil. And I describe them as like a, a, a new age cheap trick, basically, but with more of like a punk rock side. Yeah. Um, they're fun. They're a great band. Great guys. Um, we had, in the 90s, there was some great bands, some friends of mine. I don't know if you've ever heard of Shallow North Dakota or Chore. So sludgy noise rock of the 90s we had a a great underground scene for that as well in Hamilton not just Hamilton but beyond but uh, those guys to this day are still making music they're friends of mine we've been in bands together um it's Hamilton's very much a collective as well like we're saying St. Catharines and my local music scene everybody shares musicians across you know whatever genre you're feeling because everybody is has just they're not very uh, close-minded as far as what they play and what they listen to because we all support each other and we're feeding off each other and feeding into that and uh, it's, it's really cool to watch and be a part of so uh, Dirty Nail's awesome uh, my brother and my boyfriend they have a band High Tide I do a lot of the art for them I don't know if you see it on my, my page yeah. and stuff so they're just you know they have fun and they do their thing but it's really fun to be a part of that with them and yeah. 
you know, it's it's all about having fun with your friends, and uh, it's great to see amazing music come from where I live. Yeah. Um, Toronto is is cool too. There's always a rivalry between Hamilton and Toronto. Really? We're the smaller city. We're like half a million people. Toronto's, of course, Toronto. Right. Um, but it's, uh, it's pretty funny. It's friendly though. But yeah, we, we're lucky. We get great tours coming through here, but we produce a lot of good homegrown music. Like yeah. Mets, they're from Guelph, which is probably, you know, less than an hour from me. They're doing amazing things on yeah. like sub pop, which is wild. So it's great to see that. Um, yeah, there's uh, Ken Mode. They're amazing. Yeah. They're from Winnipeg. Yeah. It just makes you proud. It's like, yeah, we're putting out some music that musicians that I look up to and love are like getting stoked on. And we're like, yeah, it's like any win is a win. Right. <laughs> you just get so sure. proud. And for sure. Like I said earlier, there's not really a lot of competition in the Canadian music scene. If there is, I'm unaware of it. But generally, like everybody's happy to support each other and just see each other grow and do our own thing and just kind of like make a name for ourselves. And we we're slowly finding that identity that we crave. Whatever it is, right. I don't know, but right, right. it's it's coming. <laughs> Has music yeah. always been a pretty like driving thing in your life? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, my dad was a DJ when uh, in like the seventies and eighties, like like a physical DJ, not like radio. Right. He right. he did clubs and stuff, and yeah. so I was blessed with a vinyl collection before I was even born, and right you on. know from the younger age of five, six years old after dinner every night, like he yeah. might take my older brother and I into yeah. the living room and put on a record and like teach us about it. So kind of my quest for knowledge about trying to know everything about every band and every music came from him because he would get so stoked about like, listen to this riff, like, whoa, wait for this part. Like, right. you know, that's awesome. <laughs> things I find I do to my friends now, but um, I have those memories and they were great. We had an awesome childhood with music and uh, we were always encouraged to follow that path because I grew up in a musical family. My yeah. brother started playing guitar when he was 10, so I was like seven, and I always wanted to play drums, so I didn't have the drums, but I had drumsticks, and I had my right. pillows or whatever, and we would just spend like hours in our one of our bedrooms just putting on like Smashing Pumpkins or Silver Chair or something and yeah. like playing along, even though we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. Right. Um, some of my earliest memories are just they all have something to do with music and like bonding over music and so yeah I just when I was growing up and, and I was born in the 80s but like prime in the 90s for all that boy band shit and it was hard to be a, a young girl in that generation and be oversaturated with uh, what people are telling you to like and peer pressure from your friends and I had a group of friends that we're really into pop music and I never felt like I identified with that I was I was always kind of the weirdo of the group mm -hmm. and um, it always made me feel kind of out of place because I just didn't relate to it and I bought into it for a little while it just didn't really feel like me and then having my older brother and you know listening to like Green Day and stuff like that was kind of instrumental in allowing me to explore like alternative and find out what I liked and what I could relate to and kind of went down that path of like rock and punk and metal from a young age and I never really looked back and I just I always felt like because being a, a female not that that should matter but you know especially in the 90s too things were different then for sure and still very separate of you know this is how you should be and what you should be into how you should act and 
um, yeah, I just, I was kind of forced to go on my own and, like, carve my own path and find my own things my own way. Yeah. And, you know, luckily, like I said, I had a great music scene, a lot of awesome friends, but it's, you're more independent, like, discovering that stuff, but it was, it was a cool journey, like, that coming of age, discovering all that great music was, was important to me, and, um, playing music, like I sing as well and, and do some other stuff. Not very well, but the singing has always been part of my life. So with my brother playing guitar, we always did stuff together growing up. And having that radio show was awesome. I, you know, in the art side of things, I would do posters for shows and help promote. And that scene was great. And um, it's just kind of led me to where I am now. It's just always been like my identity in a way. But, yeah, I love it. That's awesome. Yeah, it's music always mm-hmm. was sort of the thing that... It's the catalyst. Yeah, yeah. yeah, for so so much stuff in my life. That, yeah. And it's funny, I, I owned a record store for a few Small. years. Yeah, cool. It, it was one of those things, you know, again, my... You know, That's when, a fun life. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was, uh, but I was, I was living in Arizona at yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. You know, opening a, a music store when physical media was, like, dwindling and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It, it, it paid for itself but it was basically all the bills were paid at the end of the month but I was broke oh, yeah. so I was bartending to pay all my other bills and I was like alright well I work like 70 hours a week mm-hmm. so I'm broke every month I could be broke and you're spending the music or the money that you're making through music back on music and it's exactly. just a cycle I know yeah. I mean the only <laughs> the only thing that I said was like a perk to it that I don't have now was mm-hmm. if I bought something that I didn't like I could just put it in in the record store and yeah. I was just you know and a lot of times I would buy stuff for the mm-hmm. store that was really for me and I, I did that of, too yeah. yeah I uh that's another part of it too I totally even forgot it was kind of a bummer though but I got hired my very first like retail job I was like 15 and I had some friends and bands that worked in a record store and they got me like a Christmas gig working in the mall at a record store and so that was like my first taste of it working with a lot of people I was 15 like everybody else was a lot older than me so I got turned on to even more music that I wouldn't have really found on my own and from there, I worked in three other record stores from, like, 15 to maybe 21 or so. And that was my way of finding things, too, like you said. But the bummer was that they would always close. <laughs> and there's nothing worse than, like, tearing down your own store that you're working in to make room for a fucking cell phone store or Shrugas Joe's restaurant that's just going to close in two years anyway. So... Yeah, it was, uh, I don't know, there were great times and great experiences, yeah. you know, working working in a record store, it's the dream, watch right. Empire Records growing up, and High Fidelity and all right. that stuff, that was like, I want to be that, right. and I yeah. was, <laughs> Yeah, I, but it sucks, it's not the same anymore. Yeah, the reality of it is certainly yeah. not that, I, I had, uh, there's, a, there's a pretty great record store here in town that... I've heard, is it something about Bull, Bull Moose? Yeah, 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 so, my, and I worked there for several years, you know a dozen years ago but a, a, a good friend of mine she's had her last shift on Sunday and you know we were we were talking before that you know we went on a walk 
a week ago, and it's yeah, it's, a, it's basically it's like a straight out of high school job at this point because they're like, yeah, we pay ten dollars an hour, like that's, that's crazy. what we can do, and you know, sometimes though, like working in the record store when you're not worried about those responsibilities and getting by, like that was awesome as a teenager because right. I didn't I lived at home, I didn't have any responsibilities. Right. You can pay me nothing, and I'd be just stoked to work here because I'm like. Working at a record store, yeah. yeah. And it's but it's, it's kind of like a sad irony now. Yeah. Because basically, the person that can afford that to have that job generally doesn't give a shit about. And not that they don't give a shit about music, but as far as like physical records, where it's, you know, like the you know people in their early twenties, I don't know that many. You know, I I mentioned something to someone about. Oh yeah, I just bought that CD. They're like. Why are you buying CDs? You don't need to buy music. And I was like, well, I know it's not your fault, but you're a big part of the problem. Exactly. But yeah. But also, you know, having grown up their entire life, you know, just streaming stuff or whatnot. You know, like, yeah, why would you need? Need to own that. It all comes back to that easy way out again, man. We're all entitled. We need to check ourselves a little bit. We wouldn't be able to enjoy that music if we didn't support it. Like it's so crucial. But yeah, and again, that's that's just an argument that I've like not even an argument, but a conversation I've had with so many people because you know people will spend five or six dollars on a coffee at Starbucks, but yeah. pay ten dollars for. An album that you know costs much more than ten dollars to produce, right? To support the people that made it, so that they continue to make music, or not even that, so they can pay their rent, so they can yeah. eat, buy groceries, whatnot. But yeah, our priorities are sure. misguided. And, and, I, and I know I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here. I yeah. know, you know, uh, but I know you and I are certainly in the minority of how people feel about the, the music industry. So. Yeah, it's a cruel bitch. Right. Yeah. From many angles. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, like that's what I said earlier. Any win is a win these right. days. And right. I'm hoping something shifts in a positive way where we don't need to have benefit shows in order for a band to get the recognition recognition that they deserve sure or be able to support for a certain reason or a cause like that's great yeah. But I mean, <laughs> I don't want I don't want to do that again for a while. Yeah, I, I mean, I, uh, I'd be happy if I never it. had to do it again. But yeah. you know, but it's pretty bad that we come together based on circumstance, and that's not a call out to anybody. We've got our lives, but it would be in a perfect world. We'd be doing these things all the time sure. if we were able and just yeah, keeping it alive. But it's up to us to carry that, wave that flag, you know. Yeah. Yeah. We're out there. Yeah. <laughs> Not well, gone yet. Yeah. I mean, you're you're definitely doing it, and so you know more people need to be just doing it. Try well. just you know doing what I what feels good, what yeah. feels right. Yeah. Try to do the right thing. Right on. But, yeah. Well, I know you've got uh, a whole day ahead of you. So, <laughs> yes. Uh, it was awesome. Thank you. you. Yes, absolutely. You. Yeah. yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. It's been great. I've been looking forward to this for a while. So right on. next time you got to come up to Canada absolutely. and we'll try this again. <laughs> absolutely. Cool. Thanks, Rachel. Thank you.